0: Hi, welcome to NCTM's Learning in Lockdown podcast. This is the sixth conversation with teachers from around the country, finding out how their schools are managing remote teaching and how they're thinking about catering for the needs of pupils when schools reopen. Today I'm delighted to have a primary teacher with me, Craig Tillstone, a maths lead and Year 6 teacher from a primary school in Mansfield in Nottinghamshire. We're recording this on May the 20th in the middle of Week 10 of school closure and in the middle of an escalating row about the proposed opening date for primary schools. We'll find out how Craig's school is pro- providing remote learning, how it's going, and what he anticipates the issues being for when his school reopens. Okay, Craig, let's get going. Do you want to um, start off by telling me what what it's like working from home? What a normal sort of day looks for you looks like for you if such a thing exists?
1: <laughs> the new normal, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're, I'm a parent as well as a teacher. Uh, so okay. Yeah, so days can be hectic. Yeah. So each day starts off with me doing a video briefing for my class, in fact, for the whole, for all of Year 6. So we just kind of talk through the day, the maths involved and all the other subjects too, uh, which I think parents seem to like, they find that quite reassuring and the children. It helps you to feel you're still quite connected. Yeah. Uh, so we do that video to explain all the tasks and, you know, remind, uh, remind everybody what's on the agenda. And then after that, I'm at my laptop all day uh, responding to messages, giving little bits of help uh, and trying to juggle that with, homeschooling my own children so I've got um, a daughter in year two a son in year six so right. it's uh, it's having to do things in chunks I think at the <laughs> moment so devoting that kind of set amount of time to my own children's learning then devoting some time to my class etc cetera, etc cetera. so days are lovely but slightly bonkers sometimes
0: when you do the, the briefing can you see for is, is that interactive can you see how many people are uh, signing into that
1: Yes, we can. Yeah. It it gives uh, an indication at the bottom. It tells us which parents have seen it.
0: And how is the engagement with that?
1: Engagement is something we've had to work on uh, quite a bit, which I gather is not too uncommon with uh, schools like ours. My school's in an area of some kind of social deprivation. So we've had to be very proactive as a school to get parents on board. So uh, things like we've been making phone calls home to check on well-being and find out what the barriers are to learning for children that are not engaging. Because that is one of the beauties of using a virtual learning platform such as Seesaw. Um, it, It enables us to see... Who is and who isn't engaging. So, and often making those phone calls home is quite reassuring to the parents. Uh, in addition to that, I've been sending home emails to the parents, but addressed to the children, so kind of uh, telling okay. them how they might get reinvolved, what kind of things they might do to to rejoin the learning if they've kind of dropped out a little bit. So, so it's certainly been a challenge. Yeah, but, but it's getting better.
0: And and what sort of size is your school?
1: Uh, we've got a double form
0: entry. So, do you want to talk us through um how you made the decisions for how to provide remote learning and and why you decided on doing it the way you decided please
1: yeah it's it's kind of changed um the when we started when lockdown first started, we sent home the uh, the workbooks that we were using the, the textbook scheme that didn't prove as popular as we were hoping mm. now since then um, White Roses kind of blossomed in popularity and and for good reasons as well. The videos on those are very clear and they provide worksheets. So so we moved on to that. And since then, engagement really has increased. And I think the main difference between those two uh, things is that with the textbook, it was new learning. Whereas with White Rose, it's consolidating key learning. We're also focusing on fluency as well. So at school, we do something called 10 in 10, which I know a lot of schools do similar things to where they have 10 uh, arithmetic questions to do in 10 minutes. So we're still sending those home twice a week and then Tuesday to uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, the individual class teachers have that kind of freedom and flexibility to decide what will help their class so it might be an activity to do with number bonds for example or times tables whatever it might be so
0: are you setting a, the sort of equivalent of a math lesson a day would that be
1: yes yeah, so that's right yeah that's right and we're using the um, we're using seesaw our learning platform to do that so every right. day you can you can set um the worksheet as an activity so we're doing that so 9am every morning uh, the, the parents get the new worksheet and then we also send the answers later on So it's all done as much as possible online. Now, for some parents, that's a barrier. So uh, we do offer the uh, option to have paper packs. So we do print out paper packs. But for obvious reasons, we discourage that as much as we can.
0: And do the? I'm not sure how much the worksheets depend on having seen the video. Is that a problem?
1: That, That can be a little bit of an issue. But what we do like to offer, we're in touch with the parents, so if they if they stuck, we do kind of offer tips and things. And what I do for those parents that do have internet access every day um, is set kind of video walkthroughs at lunchtime of uh, the, the kind of tricky parts of speed bumps, if you like, from each lesson. So that they, the parents have got an idea of how they can remodel that. So I like to encourage them to watch, watch the video and then kind of tackle it with the kids so they've got a, sort of a road map for uh so that seems to be working really well get a lot of good feedback about that
0: yeah that's quite a time commitment for you though i imagine
1: it's worth it 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 can be it's it's a small time commitment but the the dividends it pays are are really worth it and the parents then don't feel kind of stranded because in year six the maths can get very challenging yeah as we know so it just gives them that kind of bit of uh lifeline and reassurance
0: if your parents got time for that is the other thing i think that's uh you know, being a parent and trying to work at the same time, you you realise that it's hard to juggle all those things, isn't it?
1: It's extremely difficult. Yeah, we've got some um, parents that have obviously got uh, lots of children, <laughs> more <laughs> than one children. Well, uh, one child, sorry. So it can be quite difficult for them. And in terms of if they've only got one device to share, that can be a challenge. So, but we do have the kind of mantra that um, something's better than nothing. So right. if it, you know, the, the, the worksheets are very well designed and they get progressively more difficult, so that they start off. Um, relatively accessible and by the end they move on to more sort of greater depth content so what we do say to parents is if you've reached that point where your child just can't go on and you've watched the videos and it's kind of gone beyond their understanding that's fine so do you know do what you can do basically we don't want to um, scare parents off
0: so uh, in terms of those different things you're sending home the fluency stuff and the white rose videos and the white rose worksheets which of those things would you say is is getting the best engagement
1: um actually probably what's getting even more engagement than any of those things is times tables rock stars all right so um that's very popular and we're we're very happy that those kind of key skills are being um being covered at home um it's very engaging times tables rock stars it's very um addictive (laughs) <laughs> you know that's something that the children can be getting on with independently as well and i think that's the key we've got to make sure that there's plenty of tasks that children can tackle independently which mm-hmm. is not always the case with some elements of white rose it's very helpful if children have got their parents to sit with them and go through some of the trickier parts but things like times tables rockstars and, and a sister app that they've got called numbots um are very popular for that reason because they are independently quick fire activities
0: um so um, I'm interested that you've you've moved to video from what you originally started doing. And I'm just wondering if you've uh, seen any of our videos and whether you, you thought about using those at all.
1: I've heard very good things about the NCETM materials, very good things. Um, I considered it. Now, the reason that I didn't use it in the end was that, parents were already used to White Rose and they got used to it. So we'd already kind of made that one big change from going from the maths and no problem textbooks to the White Rose materials. So because the teachers and the children and the parents were familiar with this new routine, um, I didn't want to disrupt that. But again, I've heard excellent things about it.
0: Right. So let's grasp the school opening nettle. nettle. <laughs> Are you anticipating opening after half term or is that still up in the air for
1: your school? Yes, we're going to open for the year sixes on the second week.
0: Right. So June that? Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and uh, for the the school will remain open as it has been for the children of key workers and for vulnerable children.
0: So what's that going to mean for you personally? Presumably your son might be going back with year six, but you'll still have one at home.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> my wife's a teacher as well. We haven't quite right. figured out how this is going to work at the minute. Now we've been uh, very fortunate so far. We've um, when I've been in school. So I've been in school on one day a week or two days sometimes. My wife's been at home and vice versa. So that means my children haven't had to go into school at all so far. I would prefer if that remained the case as well. So I'm not sure, you know, how that's going to work at the minute, but that would be my preference. My son's very keen to go back as a year six child. I think he's keen to kind of wrap up those years those primary school years and, you know, kind of close that chapter. And I understand that he's missing it. My daughter's not. So I think she's uh, keen to stay at home and continue home learning.
0: And what do you think the immediate needs of the children at your school will be? The year sixes that you're going back to. Yes,
1: yeah, it's a good question. I think what we're likely to continue doing is to use the White Rose materials as we have been doing for a couple oh, of reasons. One being that yeah, one being that uh, many will still be doing home learning. So we've not got the exact percentages in at the minute, but there's going to be a fair chunk of children that don't return to school. Uh, so they're going to need to continue to access that curriculum. Uh, mm-hmm. Another reason for making that decision is that some of the children are going to have to be taught by teaching
0: assistants so do you anticipate that being a bit like them learning from home but with a teaching assistant or a teacher rather than their parent who might have yes, other things on their plate
1: i, I do that's yeah that's correct it's, um not much will change in terms of the content but those children at school obviously they'll have more kind of uh, more guidance more support more scaffolding they could be in focus groups that kind of thing we can have uh, the extra support that they need to access that learning if it's been a barrier at home
0: and and why is it that that you're having to have them t- taught by teaching assistants—is that to do with the number of staff that you can get in?
1: And, and, and well, for spacing, really, you know, the number of children that can fit in a classroom—we're just not going to be able to have them all in. So, yeah.
0: Um, and let's think about the longer term. When when we get all the children back into primary schools, um, it's hard to know when that will be now. But um, what mm-hmm. you've got quite a quite a chunk of kids who are not engaging, and I'm wondering how you're thinking that we might. Fill those gaps when they do return to the classroom.
1: Yeah, so this is a golden question, really, isn't mm. it? Um, and it's not just that children, uh, the children that haven't engaged. There's been a spectrum of engagement. So some have right. engaged fully, some have engaged and um, completed complete tasks. Some have done some of the tasks, etc., etc. So we can kind of presume for all children that there are going to be gaps. And the question is what to do about that. Now, there's no definitive answers to that yet. It's something that a lot Mm. of people, including myself, are thinking about. Now, my personal preference would be to ensure that each unit starts with a small amount of recap work from the previous year. Now, possibly that might mean trimming a little bit from the end of the unit where the concept might be tackled at its greatest depth. But I think, you know, we're going to hit problems if we just dive into a unit, I think, because there are likely to be gaps.
0: Um, I want to I want to take you back to year six now as well and thinking about uh, we've talked a little bit about how you're going to manage their maths. But I'm also thinking they're going through a very, you know, a very difficult transition, aren't they? That's always difficult, but it's obviously going to be that much more difficult this year. Um, And if you have thought about how on earth you're going to do that, I've heard a lot of teachers saying, but we won't be able to do the play and we won't be able to do the residential. I wonder what you're thinking about what you might be able to do. It's such a great
1: shame, isn't it? It's always such a lovely, sort of memorable time for Year Six. After that, doing those other projects, doing the the play, that kind of thing. Uh, fortunately, we've done our residential already, but really? uh, yeah, you know, we have trees, we have things like water fights, and all that. Those kind of lovely memories. We do dare, you know, we normally do uh, sex ed, that kind of thing. So some kind of very key learning potentially is going to be missing. Now, one thing that we can obviously rule out is we can't do a play which is, you know, I'm gutted about because that's something I always really enjoy. But we, we certainly do need to think about how we can get that other key learning in and just to make sure that the, the transition is as smooth as possible. And just really that they have a very positive end to their time at primary school.
0: So do you think there's anything that you'll take from this this period that will change how you are as a teacher when you're back in your classroom? Is there anything that you think, oh, now I can really do that well? <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, I think it's been very useful to do that kind of one-to-one learning with my own two children because you get that sort of uh, an insight into how they think and when the misconceptions arise, where they're arising from and so on and so on. Um, I think it's given me a greater appreciation of the need to be in a classroom because it is difficult to kind of get that same um, level of understanding virtually. You know, video learning has its limits. Of course it does. Uh, remote learning does have its limits. There is no substitute, as I said earlier, for having a teacher and a teaching assistant in a classroom and having that little kind of face-to-face community. So possibly just a greater appreciation of all that thing. But in terms of doing things differently, um, I'm not sure. It's been nice to kind of, um, with my own children to go at the pace that they can, uh, that they can go at and want to go at and need to go at. Whereas in class, you know, because you've got a spectrum of abilities in class, for some children the learning might be a bit rushed and for some children it might feel a bit slow keeping them on that whole class journey. So I think there's definitely some thoughts into how we can uh, manage those kind of expectations. So definitely some thinking to be done, I think.
0: Well, thank you, Craig. Your, your perspective has been really, really fascinating. And I think it will be really useful to our listeners to, to hear how things are going in your school and also to hear what it's like from a parent's point of view, trying to juggle that with, with teaching your own kids. Um, and thank you also to our listeners. We plan to continue these podcasts to reflect the new and rapidly changing situation. So please do subscribe. And for any teachers who are interested in sharing how they are providing learning in lockdown, particularly if your experience makes an interesting contrast to Craig's, Please do get in touch. We're on Twitter, or you can email us on info at ncetm.org.uk. Until next time, take care. Goodbye.